Jacques Howard on location. I'm at Starbucks uh, in downtown Trenton on the corner of South Warren and Front Street. And I'm with 2018 mayoral candidate Annette Latigue. There's uh, no R in it, although the R is silent, should I say. And Annette, we've been uh, just chatting a little bit, getting to know each other personally. Uh, we have heard of each other through our efforts here in Trenton, New Jersey. And I wanted to sit down with you, as I am with the other candidates, specifically to talk about your candidacy uh, for mayor and to get some ideas about your platform and to hear a bit more about you so I can distribute that information throughout some networks so that we can work together to increase the number of people who are involved in the voting process. As I'm sure that you know, but I haven't really said this on uh, audio before, but um, we have a population of approximately 80,000 people here in Trenton. Approximately 40,000 are eligible to vote. And in the 2014 elections, we had approximately 10,000 people exercise that right and privilege. Um, also, knowing that the mayor won the election with less than approximately 5,000 votes. Um, so I think if anyone does the simple math, we could see that having 5,000 people um, make a decision for the leadership um, based upon the 40,000 number, the approximate 40,000 40, number, the math just doesn't seem to work right. So I want, I'm working with filmmaker Will Foskey to document these conversations in an effort, again, to encourage people to be civically involved in the process of who their elected officials are in an unbiased manner. I'm not putting any weight behind any particular candidate, not signing any petitions but just trying to get people to be involved in the process because oftentimes we hear people make comments about what's happening uh, locally, um, regionally, and it seems as though we have a lot of social media activists, but when it comes to the rubber meeting the road, a lot of people have the kick the can down the road mentality, so we're working to change that. And part of that is to sit down with candidates like you and to give you an opportunity to share from your own thoughts exactly what your thoughts are about um, the 2018 Trenton elections. So, we're going to spend some time today here at Starbucks, this beautiful new Starbucks, so that you can get a chance to share some of your thoughts, concerns, and go into your platform as much as you would like. And this will be one of multiple conversations that I hope to have with you, okay? Thank you. Uh, you are so welcome. So, let's uh, start a little bit um, talking about your background, um, your family history, and why or how you came to be here in Trenton? I was born and raised here in Trenton. I'm a fourth generation Trentonian. And I say that with a lot of pride because we've been around for a while. Back in the days, I am a product of Trenton Public Schools. And I am realistically what opportunity and hope looks like because all the statistics were against me as a kid because I come from very humble beginnings, because I grew up on first Calhoun Street, and then that's the North Ward, and then 7 Parker Avenue in the East Ward, and then finally settled into a home that my mother and stepfather purchased in the North Ward on Princeton Avenue, Martin Luther King Boulevard. I, have, I come from a huge family, as I see it. It always seemed huge to me. There were uh, seven of us uh, between my parents and then three of my father's children, seven boys. And I have a twin sister who just, I had 
a twin sister who just recently passed from cancer. And so I have a long history here. I believe in Trenton. I went away to school. My mother insisted that I go to a historically black college or university. And part of the reason was she wanted me to have the experience of the South, which she's always loved. And she wanted me to see black people in action, teaching, administrating, running, something. That was very important to my mother, very important. Um, and, I, and so I went away to Elizabeth City State University and I came back. I lived in Virginia for maybe a year and I came back. I wanted to be here. Of course, I wanted to be with my parents and my brothers and sisters, but I wanted to be here. This always felt safe to me. I always felt connected here. And most of the people here now, although they would then be, what, three generations deep from me, are people that I went to school with. I know them, I know their grandkids, I know their great-grandkids. And so I've been here for a while. I think, now I know that Trenton has a lot of untapped talent, a lot of untapped talent. Uh, when I was on council back in 1998 until 2010, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of other people. I represented the West Ward. And I tell you, I'm, I'm always amazed these last two terms of City Hall because when I was on council, the residents insisted that there be economic development. They didn't care about people not getting along. They insisted that I meet with them once a month. They insisted that I participate in the community. And it was easy. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, I raised money every summer when I was on council to send kids to camp, to get them off the streets. And back during that time, uh, the mayor didn't think there was a gang problem, he thought there was gang presence. And I think he may have understated that because it moved so quickly that I wouldn't say it was something we expected. It wasn't because there were small pockets of violence happening at that time. So I look at what's happening now and I wonder why it's so easy for people to accept in the community, a person visiting their event, or buying tickets to their event, or going to their funerals, and they view that as representation. But when you look around your neighborhoods, they haven't changed. When you look around your neighborhoods, these legislators haven't created any jobs. It's not a legislator's job to get you a job. The job is to create them. And that hasn't happened. And so there are various reasons, and I'm not speaking out of school. I am simply sharing my experience, strength, and hope, having been the West Ward Council. Now I've heard, I've come back, and a lot of what I've heard is that, oh, you've been away from the game too long. I am the game. I bring the game to the table. I understand what a structural deficit is. I understand that we have 50% of a rateable. I understand that we have one revenue, one, and that is the water utility. And in that, I agree, and I know that we must have clean, safe water. 
There's no exception to that. The uh, executive end of the water department has failed us. And not just with Mayor Jackson, with Mayor Palmer, and with Mayor Ar Armenti. In that, there wasn't much done to prepare people who lived here to work at the water department. And unintentionally, I am sure, the lack of preparedness to grow, maintain, and move that water department forward was not intentional. It just wasn't a priority. And so, Mercer County should have a course to help prepare the people who work in the water department right now to move up. There's no succession plan. There's no succession plan in politics. A few get to determine what happens here in Trenton, and typically, the few that decide don't live here. And so the residents have their power taken away based on popularity contest. I know that Trenton deserves better. And I know that when I sat on council, I was not a perfect elected official. But I worked hard and I cared. And I cared because I was invested here. My kids went to school here. I appreciate and respect the people who have been here forever, and I appreciate the people who moved in because they believed in Trenton. They believed in the opportunity and hope of Trenton. Imagine a new skyline. Imagine down there at that waterfront a new skyline. It could happen with partnerships. It could happen with a vision. It could happen if we would all pull together and take our power back and work for and with one another. I believe that. I believe that in everything that we do, we have to prepare a succession plan. I do not believe that people should be allowed to sit in office, not have any accomplishments, and then want to move up the ladder. I don't believe that. I think that we all have to be groomed, and I think council is a learning curve for the mayor's seat. I do believe that, because you're exposed to a lot of what happens in the city. However, experience and a skill base is what Trenton needs to right this ship because it's turned upside down right now. And the fault belongs to all of us. And it belongs to all of us because we kept doing the same thing over, expecting different results. And I think when I share it with you, not to jump all over the place, but when I share it with you uh, in our first conversation, I, I'm actually impressed and excited that there are so many people in the mayor's race. Not because I want the vote divided, but because that tells me that somebody else cares, that they care, and that they're interested. And I know in being interested that they bring new ideas to the table. So I respect people's desire to be involved in the process. I respect that. And I'm actually very happy about the engagement. Now, a lot of people are saying, yeah, but you're gonna split the vote. Well, we're a nonpartisan city. And I would venture to say, if we were a partisan city, I don't know how much greater opportunity the residents would have. Because then it boils down to either a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. I just believe people have the right to run for office, and I think they should. And I think the community getting engaged is a good thing. And the only thing I would ask of the community is 
to look at experience, to look at accomplishments, to look at a skill set. I would hardly ask that because I like you, John, that I would elect you. I wouldn't ask anybody to do that if you haven't had some experience with managing a budget, with having input in that budget. Advice and consent is not the same as management. And I learned that uh, 13 years as an executive at the board. I had to account for my department. There were 500 and some odd employees there. And I managed the entire operation for a $77 million uh, program in partnership and working with the executive director. I'm the executive chief of admin services, and operations is inclusive of many things, as you know. Investigations, personnel, uh, support staff, training, quality assessment, and records management. And so I think that I have enough of that to bring to the table, to partner with anybody who is interested in seeing Trent move forward. I don't have all the answers. One of the things that has made me so successful at my job, and even as a councilwoman, is that I recognize talent in the room, and I realize I have to surround myself with talent. I would not dare attempt in any way, form, or fashion to try to set up a television station. I love to sing, Jock. I even made a little jingle, <laughs> right? Okay. I did, but I know I can't sing. And that was hard for me. But see, my mom, my mom, she made me believe I could because I sing all the time, you know? I walk around singing. My neighbor, when the windows are open, he goes, Annette, please, for crying out loud. And so I get it. I know what my skills are. I know what I'm capable of doing. And I know what my limitations are, too. And so, as a woman who has worked in the community for a very long time, I've been mentoring young girls since I was 21. And one of the things I appreciate most is my successes and my failures. And I've had some. And I appreciate them because it has given me the opportunity to be better for that young girl that I'm trying to coach, mentor, and train into a success position for her. Not me, for her. And so, you know, I'm really excited about running for mayor. I know that the water has to improve. I know that we have to clean the city up. I know that we need to improve the oversight through a competent and prepared uh, police director. And I know that the customer service at the city has to change. So let's talk about the things that we really can do. Well, one second. I do, because you, you gave me a lot here and my, my pad is full. But okay. first of all, I want to say condolences. Um, um, Thank you. About your twin sister. Thank you. And, um, you know, we all are affected, you know, when, when someone close to us uh, yes. transitions out. Yes. Um, but I can only imagine what that would be like as a twin. So thank you for uh, sharing the condolences. Um, so, so trying to just uh, kind of pull some of this out, because, again, you've, you've given me so much, and uh, I'm sure the listening audience will be excited to hear some of the things that you touched on. But let's start with uh, your experience um, 
on council um, for it was almost it was a little over a decade. Years. Okay, so twelve, it was 12 years. years. So three terms that yes. you served on council. So based upon those three terms that you served on council, can you just share your thoughts about the importance of that stepping stone from council to a mayoral candidacy position? Yes, uh, quickly and succinctly, let me just say that council prepares you to work with people. Council gives you an understanding of the budget. Council partners you in the community to hear the voices of the people. That's what it's about, representing the people. And one of the things I learned on council is that everybody won't always agree, and that's okay. But the best partnership you could ever have is with everybody, even a team of rivals. Because from that team, you learn how important it is to hear the voice of other people. You don't know everything. You can't possibly know everything, especially as a first-term council person. You, don't, you, you haven't even begun to get your feet wet through the first term. Because there's so many nuances, there's zoning, there's uh, economic development, there's housing, there's the police department, there are multiple organizations in a spider web, in a spider reach connected to the city. There's so much to learn. The most important thing is how to partner with people to get the job done. That's what council's all about. Now, I want to, I want to stick with that, and we're going, going to, to get back to speaking specifically about your candidacy as mayor. But I think that it's also important for people to extract the knowledge and the wisdom that you're sharing. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes people think, I can see this particular thing and I can fix this. That's the kind of mentality that a lot of people have, mm -hmm. especially candidates who haven't been in the political office or are coming from the private sector into the public sector. Can you again, in, in maybe another term, share the importance of the timeline and about successfully getting things done in a governmental setting? For example, some of the things that happened the very first term eight years ago was things we had put in place prior to leaving office the last time. Accomplishments on council take time. What has to be done immediately is partnerships. They have to happen with your colleagues and with the mayor. And let me just say for a second here that most people want to encourage a battle between the mayor and council. That's counterproductive to anything being done because they are checks and balances for each other. And so it takes a while to get things done, but it takes a partnership to do it. So if you looked at, Jacques, if I might ask you, if you looked at, say, this council going out, what accomplishments do you see? Mm -hmm. What, if you had to say one thing about city council, and I speak to city council particularly because you asked, <laughs> what would you remember most? Those are questions people have to ask themselves. When I sat on council, no matter how difficult it was, we didn't always get along. We actually made a sandwich once to prove that we could uh, because we disagreed. <laughs> we did. We, we did. We actually made a sandwich. But what you will remember is that we built the Senior Citizen Center over there on Pennington Avenue, that we renovated Hill Refrigeration Site, that we put 
um, a shopping center over on Pennington Avenue that we unboarded Bellevue Avenue in its entire block from Calhoun to Prospect, that we built affordable housing, that we attempted to build market rate housing, which I think is very important, and that we renovated the Broad Street Bank building. And although I represented the West Ward, I understood that my partnership was with the entire city. But when you look at the West Ward, those are the things you'll see. I initiated a program called Just Do Your Own Block. I think it's counterproductive when people get together, except in large cleanups, to go and sweep in front of your door job. That's your job, okay? I don't mind providing the cans and the pickup and the trash and the broom bags, but cleanup belongs to us. Just do your own block. You don't have to go around and clean up other stuff. That's the city's job. But if, imagine Trenton, if everybody would just clean up their own block, including businesses. Just her own block. My mother made us sweep when I was growing up, in front of my house and on both sides. And I hated it. Like, why do I have to do theirs too? Because we're neighbors and we work together. And so that was, you know, a big thing for us back in the day. But council is important in that they must work with each other, they must work with, with others, and they must have some accomplishments. They must understand what it takes to look at that budget and understand what a true structural deficit means. Um, you didn't go into a lot of detail, but this is an area that a lot of people um, bring up, and that's people who are talking about the positives of Trenton and also um, the people who shine light on the negatives as well, and that's the safety concerns. Um, you alluded a bit towards uh, the police director, the current police director. Can you just talk about safety concerns and law enforcement here in the city from your perspective? Well, my perspective first is that anybody who has the police department must understand that leadership is a lifestyle. It's not a position. They have to respect the people who work for them. Everybody's not always going to be pleased under your leadership. That's what leadership is about. You make unpopular decisions. You make the tough decisions. But the next police director must understand he has to have a partnership with the community. He must understand that he's sitting in that job because of this community. That this is where his paycheck comes from. He is responsible for ensuring that any grants, financial aid, or financial strategies that would help grow that police department he must be a part of. That's what real leadership is about. The next police director that goes in has to be transparent and connected. Connected to the state, connected to the county, and connected to the feds to understand where our money is. It's out there. We just have to go and get it. And then we have to track it. But a real director sets all of that up. And so that's the type of person we have to look for. One of the issues in Trenton is the pay structure. It's, it's a, you know, there's a lot of complaints when people are interested in the jobs about the pay structure and what they can make by moving and investing into the city as a department head. So that's a struggle all by itself. But they have a responsibility to connect the police to the community. Community policing is a big conversation. But the real conversation should be job hotspots. Let's hit them. Let's station our police. And I don't want to talk too much about my strategy for the police department because that belongs to the police and the next director, given the opportunity to govern the city. But hotspots is important. And they have proven that the um, buybacks work. 
they do work. The resist and stop and ceasefires do work. They do. Hot spots work. But none of that's gonna work without a partnership with the community. And that's the police director's job to connect his officers, his team, to the police department. I think in doing that, we also have to take a look at how the contract is set up and be prepared to renegotiate what works best for the city and the officers moving forward. I think when our officers do a good job, we have to tell them that they've done a good job. We have to reward them, you know what I mean? We haven't had some of the issues as large as other cities like us with uh, police brutality and murders. We haven't had that. And we need to commend our police officers for being able to work through difficult situations. And thank you for saying that because I, I, uh, my father was in law enforcement and in uh, the military as well. And I think back to um, the, the difference of attitude culturally mm -hmm. that we had for the military and for law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And I know that times change and people change, um, but I think that we as a community mm -hmm. are very fortunate that we haven't had any of those um, major mass shootings or law enforcement behaving in a particular way. We are very fortunate in that regard. So I appreciate you uh, mentioning that. Can we go and talk about economic development? Um, you. And, and, and I want to highlight it based upon um, some of the examples that you gave when you were serving on the West Ward as a councilwoman, mm -hmm. um, mentioning uh, getting a supermarket done, getting uh, old uh, the Hill Refrigeration Building renovated, getting the Broad Street Bank renovated, mm -hmm. as well as Stuyvesant Avenue, getting those homes uh, from being boarded up to actually where they are now, and I have some friends who live in that area. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about this current... Um, currently where we are with economic development and what your, some of what your idea or plan would be for economic development if you're elected as mayor. I think that cleanup is first. That's the first thing. I can't convince anybody to be here if my city's not clean. That's it. So that's first. But economic development is simple in that. I spoke to you about the structural deficit. So understand this. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we only have 50% revenue from our tax base. That's a big deal. So onboarding houses and getting people into home ownerships, home ownerships, is the key to restoration for the city. And then if you look at larger projects, I can imagine, realistically imagine, a bridge, not over troubled waters, but over waters that would provide for an economic base at the waterfront. I can imagine a bridge for jazz concerts, for pop, a pop-up Wall Street downtown where people could just set up and sell their wares. I can imagine that. I can imagine that we could build condos on one of those parking lot sites, like labor and industry, for example, and have retail and restaurants underneath and high-rise condos on top. I can imagine that. That's realistic. That's how you bring revenue back to the city. And so, I am on council. Uh, when I served, we did tax abatements. I've taken a second look at tax abatements. I'm not so sure that that's the best way to do it. Perhaps I'll give you the land for a quarter of what it's worth and you pay full taxes. 
that puts property that's not working, not generating taxes now, back on a roll at a full tax rate. That's a consideration. I'd like to develop an economic roundtable because I think Trenton needs a hotel. I absolutely believe in that. We are the capital city. Are you kidding me already? Of course we need a hotel. If we can't have a hotel, if we cannot convince a franchise to come in and support us, Bruce Boyd popped the idea the other day on Facebook and said, hey, how about luxury condos, a gym underneath, a pool in the back, put it back to work again. It has to work. That property is sitting there, and although taxes are accumulating, trust me, it won't be what it should be when it comes time to pay them. So economic development happens in that. There are over 24,000 people down here a day. We provide services to them, although we don't have a tax base for them. I want to put a gym down here. I like the Starbucks here. I can imagine a jazz club across the street. I'm willing to part with people, partner with people, all people who are capable of helping revitalize downtown. I want to see a mural on this wall. I want to see an artist loft at the Bell, um, the Bell Building. I'd like to see that. Artists change communities, and a lot of people blow past that. They change communities. My nephew lives over in Brooklyn, where they're actually regentrifying big time at this point. And what he speaks often to is the eclectic mix of people that are there, revitalizing it. And that's what we need here downtown. This is a big opportunity. The people are here. Let's convince them to stay here. I think that's spot on. Um, as as um, most people know, I mean, my appreciation for all of the arts, um, performing, visual, et cetera, um, has made up a large chunk of what I do with media. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak more towards the art community and that as a potential economic generator and an industry here in Trump? Artists are not opposed to living where they work and play. And so the Bell Building, for example, which would require, like the Broad Street Bank Building, a huge renovation. But imagine an art studio, art classes, and anything else that connects the arts on the whole first floor, and then restaurants, and then lofts, you know, moving up, people living here. When people live where they work and play, that's revenue because they're going to visit the stores. They're going to visit the nail shops. Hopefully a cool shoe boutique. <laughs> Gotta have a shoe boutique. That has to happen. And so I think that just developing and bringing people into the city is the first part. Clean it up. Make it safe. Uh, put some, some things down here that people want to see. Every woman goes to the gym, even if she lies about it sometimes. They buy gym memberships. Bring them in. That keeps people here downtown. Why is there a gym downtown? Mm -hmm. They work, right? Mm -hmm. How come we don't have a studio downtown? One of the things I wanted to do was have, uh, there is a gallery around here, is have something at an art gallery to bring people in, but I don't just want us. I want people to come and see us. I want them to hear us. I want them to see what Trenton has to offer. This 
downtown and the riverfront is a heck of an opportunity for the city. So if folks could stop fighting and start partnering and making things happen, that's going to be the difference in downtown and Trenton. That's fantastic. So we're just going to be uh, just finishing up in a few moments. Um, I appreciate your time and everything that, that you've shared. Um, I'd like for you to chat a little bit about the education here in Trenton. And um, the reason why I say that is those folks who are connected know that there's some amazing things happening educationally in Trenton. Mm -hmm. Some amazing things um, at the high school level um, with uh, the amount of talent that we have and the amount of students who are going to Ivy League schools and other uh, universities that are doing very well. Mm -hmm. Our debate team, our um, academics, our athletics, etc. But there's always this constant um, cloud that education is so poor here in Trenton. From your perspective, can you share a bit about that? First thing I'd like to say is we have to start talking about how bad things are and start showing them how good things are, okay? There's a lot of, oh, there's trash and there's abandoned properties. Show them some of the properties that aren't abandoned. There's plenty of them. Show them some of them that are clean. Same thing in education. Listen, we talked about nonprofits. Here's what I envision. If you're a nonprofit here, that means you're not paying taxes. And if you're not paying taxes, you can still contribute to our base simply by all of the churches getting together and deciding they'll do a reading program. They'll do a writing program. They'll teach children how to be articulate in their speech. The nonprofits have to connect to the needs of the city. And so often, the nonprofits come in and they have great ideas. And many churches are working. But imagine if we're working on the same accord for the same kids. Imagine if the churches had a program where they would engage the parents because they, as I see it, are some of the most powerful people in the city, simply because they have an audience two, three, four times a week, regularly. And people believe in their leaders, their worship leaders. They do, as I do in my church. Imagine if everybody's on the same page providing services that meet the needs of the residents in this city. Imagine that. Just a coalition of our faith-based uh, nonprofits who would get together and say, you know what, we're gonna focus everything we do for the community on feeding, reading, writing, and comprehension. Do you know what would happen? Can you imagine that? Incredible, but that's how communities work. So if we could get on the same page, and I'm not saying that can happen overnight, but just an opportunity for us to be on the same page, working for our people here in the community to bring us together and deal with our weaknesses. Before we can deal with our weaknesses, we have to first what our issues, our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities and threats. That's so important because then you have benchmarks by which to gauge what your success rate is. Trenton has phenomenal teachers. I admire teachers. I, I think I may have mentioned to you, I was a substitute in second grade and they scared me. They're, those kids are like incredible. <laughs> and I'm in the classroom with them going, wow, can I do this all day? So hats off to the teachers who do. I think we should pay police officers and teachers well. They're on the front line. But in order to connect our education, we've got to get on the same page with it. 
parents have to get involved. Imagine if the pastors had a program where they honored parents every night who could prove that they were involved in meeting their child's needs by feeding them at night and putting them to bed at the same time. Every church in the city just has a program that says, hey, John, we want you to make a commitment and sign a pledge that you're going to put your baby to bed on time, you're going to do homework with them, and you'll touch base with the teacher. And once a month, we recognize those parents. Imagine that. It's simple. It doesn't cost anything. And it will make a tremendous difference. It's the little things, John, that make the big things happen. And so if we could just get on the same page with the nonprofits here outside of faith base would meet the needs we have girls who are right now 12, 13, and 14 doing things that back in the day wasn't happening until you were 16, 17, and 18. So they're moving a little bit faster. We have to be able to meet them where they are. We have to be able to provide for them. We have to be able to teach them. We have to be able to coach, mentor, and train. So if we're having a problem with young black men in the city and violence, why aren't our nonprofits geared towards that? Just a question. It's called contiguous partnerships for improvement. Yeah, I'd like to stick with partnerships, uh, and this will be the final question unless you end up taking me into another another place <laughs> okay. um, so partnerships um, you've been very clear during this this time about how important it is to know what you're doing mm -hmm. have experience um, to recognize that you can't do it alone that you need to have no. partners in this and that a lot of what we're looking to do doesn't cost a lot of money. It's more of getting the right people to the table, and I'm kind of summarizing what you've been saying. Does that sound accurate? That's accurate. Now, uh, speaking about that, can you now transition and talk about the city of Trenton and the outlying municipalities as well as the county and the state, how you can foresee that as some, some sort of partnership or working together? It is a mandatory partnership. It's not an option. It's a mandatory partnership. And I believe that if elected officials and residents alike can get on the same page, SWAT train, determine what it is we need to do first. And I believe it's clean up and make it safe. And I think everybody has to partner in that. Um, we all recognize some things. And, and these things are we have 50% tax base. We don't, we have one utility that makes money. That's the water. It belongs to Trenton. On the record, and with a little bit of bass in my voice, we are not selling it. Okay? And so, that water utility and the one-shot revenues of selling off property is not gonna do it. Our development has to be contiguous, and so I'd like to start from the inside out and start partnering with everybody. Day one, in a 90-day plan, is building the bridge to every one of our partners. That's the first order of business. Second is water utility, all right? And how we structure that. Um, that's something that we have to think about. Third thing is the police director and, and what he's gonna do to make this happen. I like to, to, to engage the community in some competition amongst the wards and clean up. You know, which block is doing it best? Which civic association is working to meet the needs of their area? I'd like to see back in the day, and I don't want to stray too far, but back in the day, it used to be that 
you know, the committee people had a voice. I want to give them back that voice. I want them to be able to come to you if you're the committee person and say, John, I got potholes already. Can you fix them? And then you, you can get in the city hall to get that done. I'd like to see that. That's how communities work. We don't have any money. If you understand what our tax base is, what our challenges are, you know we have to work with the county. I'd like to partner with the county to see if they would adopt parks, if they would help us adopt parks to keep our parks clean. If we could just handle that, we're in good shape. I'd like to partner with the state. They, we've had representatives at the state who have helped us with Trenton High, and that's a great thing. The community got involved in that. We rallied. Is fighting the garage down here. And there's two parts to that story that we'll go into another time. But I want to see people who have been at the State House bring pilot money back to this city. It is the lack of pilot money that hurts us. So if you're going to be at the state, I want you to be engaged in. Relina, here's what I need from you. I need you to work with us to ensure that there's some additional money added to the pilot money that the state gives us for sitting on our properties. That's representation. I like the idea that people are engaged in the community and that they go to events, but cleaning up my neighborhood is representation. Creating jobs, if it's just at a corner store or market where people can work, that's economic development. That's representation. I want to see from the federal government that we recognize what our challenges are at the federal government at this time relative to cities like ours, but they have a responsibility to our cities as well. And the idea is to be able to partner with the people who can get to the table. And we have to be able to do that. And nobody, nobody has all the answers. That's why it's so important for the talent to be in the room. That's why it's critical that the skill set the mayor's job is not ceremonial. Maybe minus 5% of it is. Minus, I said. It is a job that requires skill. And that's what we need. And so Trenton, I'm asking them, I've given you my bio and resume, take a look at me. If I fit the bill, give me the chance to represent you again. I have a record, a track record to prove that when I say progress as promised, that's my legacy for the 12 years that I was at City Hall. Fantastic. Trenton, New Jersey, mayoral candidate for 2018, Annette Latigue. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes of your time. And I look forward to having more conversations with you um, once the March 5th deadline comes and uh, all the candidates are uh, certified. So thank you very much. Certification is going to be important. The other thing that's going to be important is as people make promises, understand Trenton does not have a bunch of revenue to throw around for all these bright ideas. All right, again, thank you very much, Annette. I appreciate you. you. Jacques Howard, I'm on location at Starbucks Trenton on the corner of Front and South Warren Streets. I've been speaking with Annette Latigue, who is a mayoral candidate for 2018 in Trenton, New Jersey.